Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. At a time when change is constant and we are pulled in far too many directions, we need a way to stay present to life and to increase our ability to remain calm, think clearly, and maintain our well-being. Many studies indicate mindfulness improves our mental, emotional, and physical health. On a Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee, you can learn how to practice mindfulness and enjoy its many benefits. Tune in for guided meditations and to hear tips and advice from some of the most respected experts in the fields of mental health and mindfulness. The world truly can be a better place. It all starts with a mindful moment. And if you're considering the allergenic foods and different ways to introduce your babies to cow's milk protein, take the example of paneer, right? Indian cottage cheese. There are certain brands of paneer that have like crazy high amounts of sodium. And then there's other ones, like I know the national brand that they have, at least at my Costco in San Diego, is zero milligrams of sodium. So you can't just say like across the board, like, oh, babies can't have paneer because there's too much salt in it, because it definitely varies from brand to brand. And you do need to read your labels because there really are some great options out there for baby led weaning. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using Baby Led Weaning. Hey guys, welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about some naturally low sodium foods that your baby can safely eat. And sodium is Always top of mind for parents when they learn about, oh gosh, I need to limit added salt. They're like, okay, but what exactly do you mean? So I like to start out these mini baby led weaning training episodes with a BLW tip of the day. And my tip for sodium limits is because there's no hard and fast rules about how much your baby should quote unquote need to eat for salt or what the portion size for salt should be. I generally stick to 100 milligrams of sodium or less per serving of a packaged or processed food that I might be serving to the baby. Now, the rationale there is that most of the foods that we offer to babies don't come out of packages and are not processed if you're doing baby led weaning. So these are sometimes foods, but heck yeah, we gotta rely on some packaged foods from time to time. And if you do, get used to reading your labels. Look for less than 100 milligrams of sodium per serving if you can. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is that your baby is not going to be eating the full adult portion size that's listed on the nutrition facts panel. So again, we're keeping our portions small, keeping our sodium small, but I generally feel comfortable offering my baby a food if it comes from a package, as long as there's less than 100 milligrams of sodium per serving. Some of the ones we're gonna talk about today will have zero, some will have slightly more, but the reality is there's lots of options out there that are naturally low in sodium, and those are the ones we're gonna be tending towards. I'm gonna be sharing some of my favorite foods from each of the five food categories off of my 100 first foods list, for you inside of this episode so you can get some ideas of like, what are the lower sodium foods? And I kind of modeled this on, I don't know, depending upon how old you are, whether or not you remember the eat this, not that series. So 
This is like starting in like the early 2010s. It was actually a column in Men's Health magazine that they kind of then spun off into this like whole media franchise. But eat this, not that. E-T-N-T. It's kind of like some people love it. Some people hate it. Dietitians are like, I mean, at least it's making people pay attention to what they eat, but a little bit arbitrary sometimes about how they pick the foods. But the eat this, not that version of this episode is I'm going to give you some ideas of high salt foods that you want to steer clear of for your baby and then a naturally lower salt alternative that your baby can safely eat. Now, let's start out this training by going back to that recommendation, the BLW tip. This is my personal tip of trying to stick to less than 100 milligrams of sodium per serving. Now, when you're looking at the nutrition facts panel, turn the package around, zero in on sodium, and you'll see how many milligrams of salt are in the portion size of the food that you're about to consider for your baby. Now, on the front of the package, though, there's lots of different language about salt. And there's in order of, quote unquote, like best to worst options for your baby, no added salt is always going to be your best bet. Okay, no added salt means just exactly what it says, that there's no additional salt added to this food product. Now, next up on the list, sometimes you see very rarely, it's called very low sodium. So a very low sodium food in the United States, the labeling law is that if the food has 35 milligrams of sodium or less, that's very low sodium. Now, parents sometimes will see low sodium and they're like, oh, cool, low sodium. Low sodium isn't actually that low when it comes to babies because the labeling law for low sodium is that the product has to have less than 140 milligrams of sodium per serving. So like low sodium is better than some higher salt bets, but it's still not falling underneath that 100 milligram threshold. So I'm not actually offering a lot of quote unquote low sodium foods to my baby. Then we have one that you almost never see anymore. This was much more popular in the 90s, like the low-fat, low-salt craze, but light in sodium, L-I-T-E, or light in sodium, L-I-G-H-T. What that basically means is that there's 50% less salt than the standard reference product. So like back in the day, there used to be regular wheat thins, which is a cracker that's high in salt because it's a processed commercial bread food. The light in salt wheat thins would have to have had 50% less salt than the super high salt wheat thins. That's what light means. What we do see a lot more of to this day is the next category, which is called reduced sodium. Okay, and reduced sodium just means that there's 25% less salt than that brand's standard reference item. So once people will be asking about soy sauce. Okay, and soy sauce, as you're probably aware, is just liquid salt, totally not appropriate for babies. But reduced sodium soy sauce, the one that comes in the green bottle, you'll hear people be like, oh, give me the low salt soy sauce. It's not low salt, you guys. The reduced sodium soy sauce just has 25% less salt than the super duper salty liquid salt, which is regular soy sauce, okay? So the best bet is to look at the milligrams and if it says less than 100 milligrams, then that's one that we're going to want to consider. Now, I mentioned that I have a 100 first foods list. So the whole crux of my 100 first foods program is to help babies eat 100 safe baby-led weaning foods before they turn one. And there's five food categories that make up the backbone of my five-step feeding framework. Okay, we introduce five new foods to your baby each week from the list, one from the fruit category, one from the vegetable category, we do one from the starchy category, one from the protein category, and then one from the allergenic foods category. So those five new foods each week make up the backbone of this framework that you're building out to help your baby get to 100 foods. So if we start with the fruits category, the good thing about fruits and vegetables, you guys, is that they are naturally low-sodium foods. Okay, and so obviously the fresher, the better. Okay, if you're offering your baby a plain poached soft apple strip, there's not going to be any added salt in there because you made it at home. You know there's no salt. When we get towards the packaged and processed food aisles in the middle of the grocery store, that's when we're dabbling in salt, right? Because salt is, of course, the oldest and the cheapest 
preservative and flavor potentiator out there. People love the taste of salt, but you might be surprised to know that salt is actually an acquired taste. You can actually wean yourself off of salt. I used to teach um, adult nutrition and weight loss and cardiology prior to specializing in baby led weaning. And one of the things we would teach is that it could take about six weeks for you to retrain your taste buds. So I'm married to my husband who <laughs> loves salt to the point where he salts everything I make before he tasted. I'm like, that's so rude. How do you know it's not going to have enough salt? It's like, I've known you for 15 years. I know you don't put enough salt. And I said, you know, the way you eat, if I ate those foods, it tastes abhorrent to me. You could actually train your taste buds to not taste the salt. If you tomorrow started weaning yourself off of salt as an adult, six weeks from now, if you went back to eating the super duper salty foods that you did yesterday, you would be grossed out by the amount of salt. So when people would say in my adult cardiology practice, oh, I'm addicted to salt. Like, no, that's actually not true. You can actually wean yourself off of salt. But with babies, we don't want to do the reverse, right? We don't want baby to become accustomed to eating very high salt foods. We want our babies to learn how to taste the foods and the flavors and experience the taste and the textures of that food naturally, not in a highly processed salted version. So fruits and vegetables on their own are great foods because they don't have any salt added to them. But we can't always get access to all the fruits and vegetables that are fresh that we might want to be preparing safely for our baby. So frozen and canned options are good, okay? There are better choices in the canned fruit and vegetable aisle and some not so great ones, okay? When it comes to fruits, I did a whole episode on canned foods that can work for your baby led weaning. That's back in episode 75. Kind of went through how to choose different canned fruits. You're going to be more inclined to see added sugars in the canned fruit foods than you are to see added sodium. Since the vegetables where they add a lot of salt, the fruits where they add a lot of sugar. Okay. But if you look on your label and then you see the ingredients, if it just says, let's say pears packed in their own pear juice or pears packed in water, and there's no salt in the ingredient list, then when you go up to the sodium line, there will be close to zero milligrams of sodium. Because even though fruits contain lots of different vitamins and minerals, they tend to be, for the most part, quite low in salt, okay? And even when you look at frozen fruits, okay, occasionally these like smoothie packets that you'll see in the frozen foods aisle will have added sugars. We don't want those for babies. But frozen berries, frozen pineapple chunks, frozen mango slices, there's some great options in the frozen food aisle that have no added salt and no sugar if for whatever reason you can't get fresh fruit or you choose not to do it or you don't want to buy it. Now, when it comes to vegetables, as I mentioned, the canned vegetables tend to be higher in sodium than canned fruits. However, you can always find no added salt versions of most of the vegetables on the 100 First Foods list. Okay, so episode 89, we talked about freezer foods and frozen foods. That was freezer aisle finds for baby led weaning. And episode 75, we talked about the canned food ones. So if you're like, I can't get any of these foods fresh, don't stress, go back and listen to those episodes for ideas about canned and frozen foods. But when it comes to fresh vegetables, please do be aware that certain vegetables, especially those dark, leafy, green vegetables, they're very rich in minerals, okay? And sodium happens to be a mineral. So sometimes, you like to see like if you looked at the nutrition facts panel of kale, okay, when you go to the grocery store and you buy kale out of the produce aisle, there's not a label on it, but let's say you went online, you looked on the USDA website, oh my gosh, there's actually some sodium in kale. That's naturally occurring sodium, okay? We're concerned about added salt for babies and wanting to avoid that. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 
If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit betterhelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. Now, of course, you can take any vegetable and if you're my husband, put a whole bunch of salt all over it. That's definitely not what we want to be doing for babies. When we prep the foods for the babies, just remove the soft portion for the baby before you add salt to your adult portion. But we do, again, want to be offering fresh fruits and vegetables for babies that don't have salt. A food that's really been exciting for me as a baby led weaning specialist are already prepared beets. So I've shared on the podcast before, but like beets are a food that I just can't tolerate. Like I can't handle the texture. It totally makes me gag. The smell of beets cooking makes me gag. Yesterday I had a salad that had Swiss chard in it, which is from the beet family. And like, it was so beet tasting to me, which tastes like dirt that I couldn't even finish it. So I don't like prepping beets, but beets are one of the foods on the 100 First Foods list. Very rich in nutrition. I love to serve beets to babies, but you can buy these already cooked, peeled beets. So there's a couple of different ones. There's a brand called Love Beets. They have them at Costco now. This is not sponsored by any means but they just have cooked peeled beets. And sometimes they have vinegar added to them, which is totally safe for babies to have. It doesn't, as long as it's unseasoned, which means unsalted vinegar, your baby can have it. But I love these products because it's kind of like a convenience food. A lot of times with convenience food, you get the convenience of the food already being prepped, but they're going to add salt and sugar and a bunch of junk your baby doesn't need. But that's not the case with the beets that are already cooked and peeled for you, saves you so much time. I think that's a convenience food that's totally worth it. And I love that that brand isn't adding any salt to their cooked product. You can always go add the salt if you want to afterwards. All right, let's move on. We've got fruits, got vegetables done. Let's take a look at the starchy foods category of the 100 first foods list. This is the one where parents are like, Katie, I love the idea of offering my baby something besides rice, pasta, or potatoes for carbohydrate, but there's all these random whole grains and I'm not really used to those foods. One of the things about whole grains is that if you look through the whole grains on the 100 first foods list, I usually talk about them because I love how much iron is in a whole grain food, but they're also naturally low in sodium. And when people think about starchy foods, often they think about bread. Just spend like five minutes in your bread aisle and see if you can find a low sodium bread. Uh, spoiler alert, you can't because commercial bread is very high in salt. Okay? And salt serves a number of different purposes. It's a preservative. Okay, It also retains moisture, so it makes bread nice and moist. If you've ever had low salt bread, it's like super duper dry. And as you know, we don't offer dry products to babies, like dry carbohydrate foods or dry protein foods. So occasionally families will ask about bread. You know, why don't you have bread on your 100 first foods list? I am comfortable doing bread for babies a little bit later. So I talked about that. We did a whole episode on bread, actually. Um, it was called Bread, When Can Babies Safely Eat Bread? That was episode 183. And there is a brand called Ezekiel Bread 
that you usually can find in the frozen aisle of your grocery store if they don't have it in the bakery. It's a low sodium bread, but you got to add a lot of moisture to it because when you take the sodium out of the bread, it does, as I mentioned, make it very dry. So instead of bread, which down the entire bread aisle has too much salt for your baby, how can you offer your baby carbohydrate or starchy foods? Well, stick to those whole grains, okay? A lot of whole grain convenience foods will have like really salty sauces added to them, but the whole grain by itself, the sorghum or the buckwheat or the quinoa, those foods are naturally going to be low in salt. Now, if you're making them for your family, I mean, I like sorghum, but like I don't like plain sorghum. Popped sorghum is actually really good. It's like one of my family's new favorite snacks. They call it mini popcorn, but we don't offer popped foods like popped sorghum or popcorn to babies because it could be a choking hazard. But if you're making those as whole grains in place of pasta, potatoes, or rice, you usually are going to make it in some sort of a dish that has a sauce. And so one of the problems with commercial sauces, if you buy things like salad dressings, or, you know, if you buy a chimichurri sauce already made, or you buy any sort of you know, hummus, et cetera, sauces, dippers, toppers, which we talked about using to moisten up foods for babies, they tend to be too high in salt when you buy them in the store. Well, our team went through and picked our five favorite sauces and made five low sodium sauce recipes for baby led weaning. So this is a free feeding guide. If you're looking for like sauces to go with some of these foods that you're making for your baby that are also low in sodium, make sure to download the free five low sodium sauces to make food safer for swallowing. And I will put that link in the show notes page for this episode. If you click below right where you're listening to the podcast, you can link out to that free feeding guide. Or if you go to blwpodcast.com slash 301, you can grab that free feeding guide with those sauces. But steer clear of the commercial breads, which are too high in salt, and instead pick some of those wacky whole grains from the 100 First Foods list and notice how low in salt they are, not to mention high in iron and a good source of plant protein. And if you don't have a copy of my original 100 First Foods list yet, I give it to everybody on my free one-hour video workshop called Baby Led Weaning for Beginners. You can sign up for this week's workshop times, grab that 100 First Foods list with the 20 whole grains, That's all for you at babyledweaning.co. Again, head to babyledweaning.co for that free Baby Led Weaning for Beginners workshop with the 100 First Foods list on it so you can get started offering your baby low-sodium whole grains today. All right, next category from the 100 First Foods list are the protein foods, okay? When it comes to making meats, I would say after whole grains, this is the one where a lot of parents are like, I like meat, but I don't make a ton of it. Or if I do, I go like the convenience route, like, carne asada that's already seasoned, or I'm going to buy a chicken that's already seasoned. And if you start reading the labels in the meat section at your grocery store, you'll see that the meat by itself is not the problem. It's the prepared versions of the meat, which are pumped oftentimes full of very high salt juices, right? If you think about it, they're selling you meat by weight, right? By pound or by kilogram. And if you inject it with a lot of high sodium ingredients that retain a lot of water and plump it up, you're basically buying some watery juiced up meats, which when they have a lot of salt in them are therefore not appropriate for your baby. So stick to the plain versions of the meats on the 100 First Foods list. Okay. If you're doing lamb or if you're doing pork or if you're doing chicken or if you're doing beef, poultry is another one. Turkey. Okay. We have turkey on the 100 First Foods list. We talk a lot about the benefits of doing the dark meat of poultry, the legs, the wings, the thighs for baby led weaning because there's more fat in those cuts versus like the you know, turkey breast or chicken breast, which is just pure protein and totally dry, not safe for babies to swallow. But I love the higher fat cuts of poultry. But sometimes parents will be like, turkey? So do you mean like lunch meat turkey? No, 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 no. Okay, eat this, not that. Steer clear of the lunch meat turkey, okay? And look for whole turkey. <laughs> My sister got me an XL deep fryer for Christmas. 
Not because I asked for it or wanted it. She's just like, you don't have a fryer. I was like, dude, I'm a dietitian. I probably don't have a fryer. But I freaking love this fryer. And I deep fried a turkey the other day. And it was so amazing. The legs, the wings, the thighs. Still going to be on the fattier side, even with the fried turkey. But I was thinking about it. Like, I'm here. I'm making my whole turkey versus like, and literally what the turkey cost. It was actually on sale. It was so much more affordable to make that turkey per portion than it is to buy it already prepped or certainly to buy lunch meat. Like lunch meat is so crazy. My kids are like, how come we never have turkey sandwiches? And then my daughter was like, oh, it's because there's too much salt. Mom doesn't like it. I was like, no, it's also just like way too expensive. So if you can make yourself a whole bird, okay, it's really not that hard. You don't have to make a whole turkey. If you guys just have an instant pot, okay. One of my favorite baby led weaning recipes is from Jenna Helwig's slow cooker baby food cookbook. You take a whole chicken, you put it on the rack in your instant pot, you put one cup of water in there, and then you pressure cook it on high for 25 minutes, okay? And then you have like the easiest, softest, fattiest, shreddable chicken. Save that low sodium broth, put it out there for your baby to eat. So much cheaper and so much lower in salt for your baby. So steer clear of the processed lunch meat aisle and try to make, even if it's a little bit of a stretch for you, the actual meat for your baby because it's a very important taste and texture experience, not to mention there's a lot of iron in those animal foods like turkey and chicken. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so there you go for protein. Oh, and seafood. We have some of the different seafood foods on the allergenic side of the 100 First Foods list. But because it also is a protein, I'll mention it here, is that some types of shellfish and finfish, because they are high in minerals, will also have like perhaps a little bit higher sodium content than you might have thought. But again, especially if you're buying like canned seafood, canned shellfish, if you look at the ingredient list and it just has the name like clams, okay, and it doesn't say sodium or salt after that, then the amount of sodium that's in the food label there is just from that naturally occurring salt that's inside of the shellfish. So certain categories of food especially the dark green leafy vegetables and types of the shellfish and thinfish, a little bit higher in sodium. But if it's not added sodium, it's totally fine for your baby to have. Another cool protein food, because our protein foods list has, it's split into animal and plant-based protein foods. And then cheeses parents ask about a lot too, because cheese contains cow's milk and cow's milk is one of the allergenic foods. But as you know, through the preparation to make cheese, it usually involves adding a lot of salt. There are some lower sodium cheeses out there though. And I like the soft cheeses. It's like ricotta, for example, is a wonderful first food for babies. It's a great way to introduce your baby to cow's milk protein. Super important if your baby's exclusively breastfed, right? Because if they haven't had formula, they haven't yet had exposure to that cow's milk protein. But we want your baby to have cow's milk protein early and often to help reduce the risk of cow's milk protein allergy down the road. So I like some of those softer cheeses. Paneer is one. There's certain brands of paneer. It's kind of like Indian cottage cheese, a softer cheese. Some brands have so much salt. And then there's one national brand, they actually carry it at Costco in the United States, at least where I am in San Diego, that has zero milligrams of added sugar. So you can't just write off a whole food and be like, oh, babies can't eat paneer because there's too much salt. Because from brand to brand, some may have zero milligrams and some may have a lot. You really do just need to read your labels. 
All right, last category of the 100 First Foods list, looking for some low-sodium option, the allergenic foods category. So there are nine foods that account for about 90% of food allergy in North America. Okay, now our allergenic foods list actually has 20 different foods on it because it has the same protein with some variations, right? You want to introduce your baby to these allergenic foods early and often. You don't just like do shellfish once and then you're done and be like, oh, we did it and the babies, you know, had shellfish. Yeah, they had it once, but you need to introduce these allergenic foods early and often. So the three that I usually start with, peanut, egg, and milk, you don't have to. I've definitely done all of the nine allergenic foods in week one of baby led weaning, not at the same time, but like with different babies, just to show you that you really could pick any of these allergenic foods that you want to. But I like peanut, egg, and milk because those are the three most common pediatric food allergies. They tend to be foods that, depending upon your food culture, most families, at least in North America, would have or have some exposure to or familiarity with. I mean, think about peanuts though. Intact nuts or thick globs of nut butter are a choking hazard. So we teach about how to thin out smooth unsalted, unsweetened peanut butter. You can usually mix that with breast milk or formula, or you can mix it with unsweetened applesauce to make a nice thin puree that slides easily off of your stainless steel spoon. That then means that it would be also not inclined to stick on the roof of your baby's mouth. So we thin the peanut butter out to lower the choking risk. But if you look at peanut butter, it goes all over the board from the amount of sodium. So you actually can find unsalted peanut butter. And if you're going to do the thinned out peanut butter, just make sure you're buying the unsalted peanut butter. Same thing with almond butter. If you're using thinned out almond butter as a way to introduce your baby to tree nut. Okay. Now I prefer to just kind of lazy and I don't like peanut butter. I love to use the baby peanut puffs from the brand Puffworks Baby as the way that I introduce babies to peanut protein. Puffworks also makes an almond puff, which is a great way to introduce baby to a separate allergenic food category. That's tree nuts. But the puffs from Puffworks have just a very, very tiny amount of salt. It's only five milligrams per serving, and that's just for preservative purposes. But if you look at some of the other brands of peanut puffs out there, they'll have lots and lots of salt, which is not appropriate for babies. Plus some of the other national brands will have lots of added sugar as well. You wanna make sure we're doing zero grams of added sugar for baby and then look as close to zero as you can for sodium. I always say less than a hundred, but I love Puffworks Baby because they have just a tiny amount of salt and plus they're the softest puffs on the market. So these are great for baby lead weaning if you wanna introduce your baby to peanut protein. I'm an affiliate for Puffworks and my affiliate discount code babylead, that's baby L-E-D, works for right now. I think it's 15% off at puffworks.com. If you want to get a case of baby peanut and a case of baby almond to start, you don't even have to worry about the salt there. And if you're looking at some of the other foods in the allergenic food category, we talked about how shellfish is actually different from fin fish. Okay. And occasionally they will be slightly higher in sodium because they're just high mineral foods. Just be careful to read your labels there. You can always, especially tinned fish can find lots of great options in the canned food aisle of your grocery store read closely just to make sure that there's no salt in the ingredient list. And then that's a food that would then be okay to serve to your baby. When it comes to those cheeses, the soft cheeses tend to be lower in sodium than some of the hard cheeses or things like mozzarella and ricotta. You're going to see that there are lower sodium options for your baby. And that's a great way to introduce your baby to the potentially allergenic food cow's milk. So just some tips on how to kind of steer towards the lower sodium options in each of the food categories. Again, if you want to grab that 100 First Foods list, it's on my free one-hour video workshop called Baby Lead Weaning for Beginners. This week's sign-up times are at babyleadweaning.co. If you want to get that free feeding guide with the five low-sodium sauce recipes, I'll link that up in the show notes, which you can find at blwpodcast.com slash 301. A special thank you to our partners at Airwave Media. If you guys like podcasts that feature food and science and using your brain, definitely check out some of the podcasts from Airwave. 
We're online at blwpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time. Friends, are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So, Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.